is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So my name's John, I'm part of the leadership team here in Jubilee Church. And I want to be, do something slightly different this morning, not for the sake of doing something slightly differently, but actually uh, I believe we could be in remarkable days in the life of Jubilee Church. And uh, I want to just speak into that really because halfway through the week I had a preach sorted out. I was going to bring you a preach on Abraham and Isaac, funnily enough, actually. And I got to about Tuesday and I suddenly decided I was going to look through the prophecies that had been brought over the church over the couple of weeks ago when we had the team from Horsham came up. And as I started to look at those prophecies over the church and us as a people, I completely lost it really because some of the things that were said over this church were magnificent, absolutely astounding that God would love his church in such a way as to bring some of those things. So then I lost my thought track a little bit. I phoned up Graham. I said, Graham, here's the situation we're in. I've got this preach, but actually God's saying some remarkable things over the church and we could be in a danger of missing what he said and we could go on and, and never cap- capture what God's saying. So we talked about it for some time and um, decided actually today was a day to look at some of the prophecies that God has spoken over this church. Now, I guess there is a danger in me bringing this today because you might be a visitor here thinking, well, actually, that has no bearing upon my life. Or you might be here from another church thinking, well, okay, that's all right for you in Jubilee. But actually, what I want you to do, please, if you could, is just get yourself caught up in the adventure that we're going through as a church at the moment. And I'll come back on to that in a second. There's a sense of urgency. Now, I don't know that's because I have a very significant birthday coming up next week. Um, Okay, and um, I do take credit cards, that would be great. I have a significant birthday, but actually there is a sense of urgency. I just feel it in my spirit, uh, and us for a church, I hope that we will take hold of what God's called us to, and we will run with it. We will run with it. It's really important. And there is a danger that we miss everything that God's got for us, and we, we just look at those prophecies that are up on the list and think, well, that was nice, that was a good time, wasn't it? But actually, God brings those prophecies over people's lives and a church for a very specific time. And I believe it's a time such as this. Now, Graham was really strong last week on weighing prophecy and making sure we mix prophecy with faith. We must be doers of the word, not just hearers. And I just want to publicly thank Graham, really, for, you know, sometimes it's a shame he's not here, really. But I'm sure if he ever listens to this, which I don't know if he will or not, but actually... The reason we brought the team up from Horsham was Graham's personal hunger for God. That's the reason that team came up here. It wasn't just a nice thing to do. Actually, Graham was passionate with his hunger for God. So we got in touch with Andy and the the five guys that came up a couple of weeks ago. And we spent a wonderful weekend, if you were there anywhere near it, of these guys just ministering over us and bringing the word of God to us. So I want to publicly thank Graham for his hunger and for the fact that he wants to equip this church to go on to greater things. And I've got to say that I personally, I love God's church. I love God's people. Do we always get it right? No, we don't. Is it something of beauty? Sometimes no, it isn't. But actually God's heart is for his church. And 
when I get to talk about the local church and the bride of Christ, actually, I, I get very emotionally attached to that, really. God is doing something in me. So if I get through this preach without some tears in my eyes, then I'll be doing well. Because over the last couple of weeks, I just feel that God's doing something dramatic in me again. He's breaking some areas, some strongholds in my life, which I didn't think were in there. So when I have tears in my eyes, please don't feel sorry for me. That's just what God's doing at the moment in me. It's not unusual. So I want to talk about this morning, just very briefly, and then very practically look at this. I want to talk about God's bride. That's what he's coming back for. One day he's coming back for his wonderful church, his bride. Now, you might look around and thinking, my goodness me, God, you're coming back for this bunch. My word, you really have got your work cut out. And sometimes you can look at the church like that, can't you think, we've got a long way to go. Yes, we have. And there's some things in the church I think, oh, if only we could get that right. If only we could do that. If only that happened, then God... You know, we're portraying something of beauty here. And we sometimes in the scripture, we refer to the church as his bride and Song of Songs. There's some debate over Song of Songs, I guess. Some people say it's it's God's love for Israel. Some say it's God's love for our souls. Some would say it's a depiction of, of the bride and the bridegroom. But whichever way you look at it, when you look at Song of Songs, there's this most intimate wooing of the bride and the bridegroom going on. It's the most wonderful um, book of the Bible to look through at some stage, but it's all about the bridegroom, God, coming back for his bride, his beautiful dress bride, which is us, the church. And then we, we see this thing in Ephesians 5, you know, and I often read this and I think, oh my goodness, it always comes back to me. Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to present him beautiful in her sight. It's all about sacrifice. It's about preferring one another in love. And then in Revelation 21.2, we get these words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed. For her husband. So how do we beautifully dress the bride? Every act of kindness. Every act of love that we bring to one another. Every time we prefer one another in love. We are dressing the bride. Ready for Christ's return. God loves us. His church. I mean just some of the words that Sarah brought in that. And David brought in the songs this morning. The intimacy of God's love for his church is absolutely astounding. I can't get my head around why God would love me and us as a church and you with such a deep love. I can't get my head around it and I don't think I ever will until I stand in glory with him. But we know that we are a chosen people and a royal priesthood and we're set apart for his blessing. Once we weren't a people, but now we're the people of God. So, James, I wonder if we can just put up. And this is not me speaking, but when I read these words, I, I brought this up before the church once before. It says here, there is nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power, breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. Thanks, James. It comforts the grieving and it heals the broken in the context of community. It builds bridges to seekers and offers truth to the confused. It provides resources for those in need and opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden 
and the disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addictions. It frees the oppressed and offers belonging to the marginalized of this world. Whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. Last one, please, James. The local church is the hope for the nations, and this church is the hope for Derby, Burton, and the surrounding areas, the nations. Now, I, I love these words. These are written for a, a guy called Bill Hybels, who's the senior pastor over in America for Willow Creek. And he, he's encapsulated what I feel about the local church. Now, are we there yet? No, we're not. Would I love to be there? Yes, I would do. And I very often get these words out and read those in the book. And I think, God, please, would you do that in this church? Would you look, would you see us through the eyes of those words? Because I want to be a part of a local church that displays some of these things. Building bridges to seekers, offering truth to the confused, providing resources to those in need and opening the arms to the forgotten. And then the local church is the hope for nations. If we don't do it and churches like us in this city and in Burton don't do it, who else is going to do it? Is local government? Is some well-meaning group of people? It's the church. It's the beauty of the church that people will be drawn to. It's the beauty of this church that people will come into. It's the beauty of your hearts and my hearts that people will be drawn to when they walk through the doors. So what I want to do now, please, I just want to read a prophecy that was brought by one of the people that came up from Horsham. So please bear with me in this. I think it's so important. I've, I've, I've undenied over this and I've prayed about this and I just feel it's right to, to, to bring this over the church again because if you were here on that Sunday morning, two Sundays ago, when uh, so much was happening down the front, the Holy Spirit was moving mightily upon the congregation and then a lady called Nikki stood up and she grabbed the microphone and she just read this over the church and actually I was sitting in the second row and I just had tears in my eyes because I could not believe what God was saying about the church and where he wanted to take us. And I just had to, I can't take all this in, God. There's too much to take in. So I just want an opportunity, please, if I could, to read this back over the church. And then I want to get up and I want to pray this into being, please. So it went like this. I saw a vision of a fire burning in an open fireplace with a fire guard surrounding it. This was very ornate and it looked like it cost a lot of money. The fire symbolises the presence of God, which you have experienced in this church. And the fire guard represents the price you have paid to tend that fire that he has given you. And I felt the father saying that he knows the cost and the price you have paid. And he wants to honour you for your hunger for him, for the way you're pressing into him and for your faithfulness in stewarding what he's given you over the years. Then I saw the father take the fire guard away. And he said that this new fire will no longer be contained or confined. I saw him take a massive pair of bellows and he blew air into this fire. Sparks started flying everywhere and the fire burst into flames. The father is releasing his presence and his glory on you in a much greater measure. And this glory will not be contained in the church. It will spill out. There were coals on the outside edges of the fire that had appeared dead. But even they burst into flames from the blast of air from the father's bellows. There are some who have been on the edges of church life and they felt cold and dull. But as the father blows on the coals of their hearts, they will also find a new passion and zeal rising in them. There are also some prodigals. I saw especially children of some members of your church who have not walked 
with the Lord for between 10 and 15 years. And the father is calling them back to himself. I saw a variety of colours in the flames of this fire, red, orange and yellow, but also blues, purples and pinks. These colours represent a fresh creativity which Father is releasing. There are some who have had great creativity in them, but they haven't known how to express it, and so it has remained dormant. God is going to give them new strategies of how to use their creativity, both within the church environment, but also in business and in the spheres of influence in which he has placed them. There is a new freedom coming upon this congregation in the arena of the creative. I then saw every person holding a pottery bowl and they came to the fire. They scooped up some coals in their bowl and they took them away. As the coals were taken away, the fire's flames did not diminish. In fact, the more coals that were taken, the greater the fire grew and the brighter it burned. The father loves that you know how to press into his presence. And because you've been faithful to do this, He's going to pour out more. There is a shift taking place from coming into his presence to walking in his presence. And that's wonderful. Can I just read that again? There is a shift taking place from coming into his presence to walking in his presence. And he's calling you to take the fire of his presence into your homes and offices, into the shops and the streets, into the schools and the colleges and into the hospitals. As each person took a bowl of coals from the fire out into the world, I saw the Holy Spirit blow on these coals. The sparks started flying and the coals turned into fires. And so they were carrying bowls of fire. And the Holy Spirit is not only going to blow on those coals, but he's going to teach you how to blow on them yourselves. He's going to teach you how to access his glory and his presence in a new way. But not just as a church, but everywhere you go. I then saw you blowing on each other's coals, fanning them into flames. And the father said that as you've learned how to honour him and treasure his presence, you are now building a culture of honour in this church, a culture of honouring each other, preferring one another in love, speaking destiny and life over each other and releasing the gifting in each other. And this culture of honour will be for those within the church, but also for those without. And as non-believers are honoured and loved by you, Many will be long before they believe and be drawn to him because of the way you've honoured and loved them. In this new season, there'll be a massive release of gifting and calling. And there's a fresh release of the prophetic amongst you. There are many prophetic people who have not stepped into their gifting. And I saw the father taking some burning coals and placing them on some of your lips. And he said to you, speak, speak the words I say to you. And I saw him take some burning coals and press them into others' hearts and spirits. These are intercessors who he is calling into the deep places of the spirits. He will share his heart with you and it will burn within you and you will pray for the nations. And he says to you, ask of me and I will give you the nations. Only ask me, ask me. Wow. Wow. Why would God bring prophecy such as that over us in this church at this time? Is it just so that we get fat on hearing from God and do nothing with it? Far from it. We've been called to a mission field, whether that's in your school, your university, your colleges, your next door neighbours. 
We're called to go out into all the world to make disciples, aren't we? And this is like a, a rallying call to me. I can't see this any other way. It's been so specific, and there's more words I'm going to put up in a minute about specific things God has spoken over this church. And it's right we weigh this up. Of course it is. And Graham Ray and I and the leadership team have looked over these words. Um, I feel they're right for the church. You know, they're spot on as far as we're concerned. And I think what we'll probably do is um, we'll probably get these sent out to all the members of the church so you can read them at your leisure as well. I appreciate me reading them from the front. Probably hasn't got the same resonance as I've read them five or six times now. And they're just doing such a deep work in my heart. So, James, I wonder if we can put up slides seven. Okay, so. So other words that came out from the five guys that came up, we're on the edge. There's a new passion and zeal. There's a fresh creativity, new strategies and freedom. A shift from coming into to walking in his presence. We're speaking destiny and releasing each other's giftings. There's a massive release of gifting, calling and the prophetic. Intercessors have been called into the deep places of the spirit. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations. And the next one, please, James. We're going to be big in compassion ministries, God says. We're going to be opening debt advice and women's refuges. We're going to be working with councils, fostering and adoption. There's a massive diversity coming into this church. Young, old, rich, poor, chief executive officers and the most broken. A real mix coming into this church. And the last one, James, please. And then this is what Nikki brought over the church. I saw the line of Judah, of the tribe of Judah, roar over this church. And in the power of his breath was a redefining of who you are as a people. I saw the breath of the lion bringing incredible freedom, setting people free. Well, I think two weeks ago when I was trying to take in what was being said from the front, I thought, how, Lord God, why would you choose us? What have we got here that such as you would choose us? But it came back to the hunger, I think. You know, the guys that came up from Horsham said, well, you've got such a hunger for God, haven't you? Now, maybe we live with each other week in, week out, basically. We don't recognize that we've got a hunger for God. But even this morning, as Caroline led us so beautifully, I just felt, I just want more of you, God. Just as simple as that, really. I just want more of you. I want to take that bowl with a burning coals in it, and I just want to take it to neighbors and friends and people that don't know you. We've got to affect the nations from it. It's got to be from the overflow of what we've heard. It's got to be from the overflow. Our hearts must be filled with what God's doing. We can't sit here and get nice and fat on what God's saying to us. There must be an overflow to those around us. And so what's my message before I just ask you to stand up and do something a little bit different in a second? What's my message? We must mobilize. So I've been thinking about the ministries in this church. If you're a life group leader at the moment, could you just stand for a second, please? If you lead a life group currently in the church, would you just stand? Okay, I think John and Val are missing, so there's more life groups than this. But I just want to, I want to honour you guys and girls for the way you lead the life groups. And I guess there's been some really tough times in life groups because we haven't seen the the type of full life groups that we want them. People aren't always involved in their life group. And I would say, I would challenge the church this morning. If you're not in a life group, can I ask you why you are not in a life group? This is where we work out our day-to-day life before Christ. This is where we build relationships 
deep relationship. This is where we care for one another. This is where we take the word on a Sunday and we make it effective in the church. So I saw you guys this morning. I just as I was praying this morning, could you just lift your hands in front of you, you life group leaders, please? I felt God was putting in your hands like a like a, a stone um, column, which he was going to ask you to place in the ground. And I felt God say to you, go again with renewed vigor. It was all about placing a, a, a large stone pillar in the ground that was for them. And you're building something again, something of strength, something of beauty. And I, I want to take off the, I want to blow off, I want the Holy Spirit to blow off you. The times that it's been so tough, where you've opened up your houses and only two people have turned up or no one's turned up and you felt so defeated and so disillusioned with church that you think, God, and I want you guys, please, thank you so much for serving in the way you're serving now. But I want you to go again with renewed vigor for this church, please. I want you to gather up the marginalized, the people that haven't been to your groups for some time. And I want you to love them again. And I want you to pour out your lives upon them again. Because this is how we build church. This is the local church in operation. It doesn't come from reading a textbook. It comes from pouring out your lives. And I want life groups to be vibrant. I want life groups to be subsections of what happens here on a Sunday. If God's pouring out his spirit on a Sunday, then God's pouring out his spirit in our life groups. But you have to get to them to understand that. So please, I'm challenging the church today. If you're not a member of a life group, please go and find one of these guys. If it's a geographical problem, you get to one. Come and find me. We'll make it happen somehow. Thank you, guys. Bless you for what you do. Please sit down. I want to speak to Resound, Rooted and Frog, and I know many of you aren't in the room here, but I want to speak to the people that run these ministries for our young people and our youth. I was so inspired by what Eva and Lydia brought last week about what was happening in their meeting, about you know young people hearing from God, speaking over one another, hearing the word for people and just laying hands on them. That is wonderful. We've got to embrace things like that as a church. That is the future of this church. Young people catching a vision of what God can do with them. If only you'll take my life, Lord, and use it. We've got to keep that ticking over. So I bless the people that run those things, that give of the week, week in, week out, how they sacrifice their lives for this church. It's wonderful. Have great expectations in your meetings if you run them, please. Trustees. I'm part of that group. I love meeting with the trustees. Some people, that might just be a turn-off to hear of trustees meetings. Yeah, it's, it's business. But actually, the guys that are trustees in this church just mix what you do with increasing faith and godly wisdom. There's times coming in this church where you're going to be called to stand and to take unusual steps of faith in this church. And I just pray for you right now that God will give you the grace and the wisdom and the understanding to be able to deal with the enormity of some of the decisions that you may have to make in this church. Worship leaders. I just feel there is, even those words up in there, there's a fresh creativity and there's new strategies and freedom coming upon you in this church. Thank you so much for the way you lead us into God's presence. It's not all about you leading, it's us pressing in. But thank you for catching the wind of the spirit at this time in church's history. Welcome team. You don't know when you entertain angels unawares. As people come through that front door and you, you wish them a good morning and you shake their hands and you say welcome to Jubilee. Who do you know who's going to walk through that door? So thank you for serving so dutifully in the church.
the team that gather around Sarah for Smile. So many of you give of your time. It's wonderful. Continue to reflect the love of God in those times on that Saturday. It's a wonderful ministry and it's affecting people deeply as we give of ourselves. Set up team. We just appreciate you guys. Uh, You give of yourselves. You get up here early. You leave last. And we just appreciate the way you serve this church. But these are remarkable days. Well, these can be remarkable days for this church. They can be. Will we allow them to be? Will we catch the wind of God's spirit? Will we pick up on some of these prophecies and read them time and time again until they're part of our being? Can we read what God says about us and how much he loves us? And will that affect deeply the way we do things in this church? Can you pop up slide 10 for me, James, please? Here we are again. One before that, please. There is nothing like this local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. Do you believe that for Jubilee Church? And if you hear from other churches, is that, is that what you want from your church? That's so much what I want for this church. We're not there. We're on a journey. But I do believe it's going to be a massive adventure for us if we can just grab hold and run with what God's called us to do. So I wonder if the worship team can come back up and I want to do something, please, which I don't want to embarrass anybody, put anybody out. So I just want to explain this really carefully, please. To consider some of the things that we've already considered in a second. So perhaps, James, if you can put up the last slide for a second. I'm just going to leave that up there on the wall. Okay, so that's a combination of all the slides about what's been said over this church and so much more as as I've read over the uh, from the, the paper there, basically. So here's some of the things that God said about us as a church. Now, coming back to where I started, I think it would, would have been, the danger would have been that we would have had this on a piece of paper and not really taken it into account. But we need to do something with this now. We can't just ignore what God's saying to us. So what I'd like to do, please, is um, Caroline's very kindly with the, with the band's going to lead us in a time of worship. But whilst that's happening, what I'd like to do is sort of break into about six different what I told prayer groups around the church, please. So um, I think Ray or I have already sort of contacted or touched on the shoulder a few people that we just need to lead those. So maybe one over there, one in the middle there, one there, and then maybe three down the front, please. Um, so you might just probably want to sit here and you might just want to continue to worship God, which is great. So Caroline's going to lead you in doing that. That's absolutely fine. So I don't want you to feel under any pressure whatsoever. I don't want to embarrass anybody here today. If you just want to dwell on what you feel God's saying to you by looking at that list and saying, God, what are you saying to me? That's fine. If you just want to sit there and reflect and say, I just want to take in some of the things that God's been saying to us as a church or actually something you said, John's really spoken to me. I just want to sit here and reflect. That's absolutely fine. Just sit where you are. No problem. But I would like to think that most people would want to get up and join a prayer group around the church here. And just pray some of these things into being. And it may be some of those things are absolutely speaking to you. It might just be actually the thing that speaks to you is this here. I then saw every person holding a pottery bowl and they came to the fire and they scooped up some coals in their bowl and they took them away. And as those coals were taken away, the fire's flame did not diminish 
In fact, more coals were taken, the greater the fire grew. So you might be saying, God, I'm not quite sure. I wasn't here two weeks ago. I wasn't here last week. I'm not quite sure I'm feeling what John appears to be feeling here today. But actually, I do want some more of your presence, Lord God. So I'm going to come to that prayer group with my bowl, my figurative bowl. And I'm just going to say, Lord God, fill my bowl with burning coals this morning because I just want more of you. And maybe that's your heart this morning, in which case that's fantastic. And the people that are leading those prayer groups will just make space to pray for you in that one. So. I think that would be great. So if we'd like to get up, either get up and go and join a prayer group. So those six people that are going to lead them, please, if you can get them to sit you first of all. Let's just see how, how that's worked out. Earlier on, um, I just packed, and um, I think it kind of does tie in with what John's thought this morning. And what I felt was that um, there's someone here who you, you've, you feel like you've given up on the church. And uh, I've got a feeling for a while now, you, you've kind of packed your bags, and uh, you're at a place where actually you, you've packed your bags now, you feel you've done that, but, actually, but you don't know where to go. And I kind of, the word that I got was expectations, and I feel that packed into these suitcases are your expectations. And actually, there are expectations that you feel haven't been met within church. And um, kind of you feel like, okay, God, I've got my, my suitcases here. And my disappointments are in there. My expectations that haven't been met are in these suitcases. And actually, I just felt that God wanted to challenge you this morning to actually give those to him. And uh, the challenge to you this morning, actually, um, I don't know actually if it's specific for this church or whether you're involved in another church, is actually to give those, to surrender those to God again. And uh, I feel actually it's important for you to talk and to, with someone and, and kind of confess that this morning. But actually that God wants to just increase your desire again for a love for him and for his church. Okay, so if you'd like to go and join a prayer group nearest to you some guys down the front here please come and join Steve and Joe Paul and Nats are over there so just get out of your seats please but again if you want to sit there and just reflect that's absolutely fine as well so thank you thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning